ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, dogs and cats, children of all ages, I introduce you the future legend. He is the host of Let's Talk Podcast. The one, the only, I introduce you, Philip! This is episode 198. I'm your host, Philip. And today, today we're going to talk about the Chicago Bears. We're going to talk about college football. And plus, we're going to talk about the Major League Baseball, which is going on with they're in the lockout right now. And and we also will talk about the Chicago Bulls. And today, I have a guest who is no stranger to this podcast, Mickey's Return Shake. Welcome back to the show, Thanks for having me on again. I'm happy to be back. I know there's a ton going on in the sports world right now, so I'm happy to happy to get some stuff off my chest regarding some sports events right now. Definitely, definitely. And, you know, before we get started, and I know you mentioned on Twitter a few days ago, I'm going to give you an opportunity to fit regarding the politician. And we got something going on regarding, you know, in this world now. I'm going to give you the opportunity, if you want to fit for the politician, go by all means. They're all terrible. They're all full of shit. None of these politicians actually care about the people, whether you're a Democrat or you're a Republican. They don't care about you. They're just there to fill their pockets with cash and make your life a living hell. That's what politicians were put on this earth to do, and that's what they'll continue to do no matter how long politics even exists for. That's that's true. That's truth right there. And well, I will have a <laughs> I will have a podcast about the politician later next month. I'll say that for myself because I'm gonna go I'm gonna go all out. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. I'll gladly listen Uncensored. to it. <laughs> Absolutely. Uncensor, unfilter. <laughs> but you know <laughs> now let's start with the major league baseball. And I'll be honest with you. When you messaged me or DM me on Twitter, I believe two months ago. Major League Baseball lockout. I didn't even know they were in a lockout. And I think that was back yeah. in December. And I, I didn't know it was in a lockout because, you know, I'm a, you know, I, I, I used to watch baseball, but I stopped because I, you know, it's, I, I lost uh, interest to it. The last time I catch up to it was actually last year when, when the Braves won the World Series. And then mm-hmm. I didn't even know they were in a lockout. And then things, I've been keeping tabs since you mentioned it. And things not seem looking too good right now. Can you tell the listener what was going on regarding this major league baseball lockout? Yeah, right now for the lockout, it looks like these two sides are not even close. It seems yeah. like they're at least trying to get something done. Maybe something will happen tomorrow because tomorrow is the deadline. If yeah. they don't get a deal done by tomorrow, the season is going to get postponed and they're going to start canceling games. So tomorrow is like the make or break when it comes to this uh, agreement. If they don't have an agreement by tomorrow, we're going to start losing games, and that's going to be pretty bad. It seems to me like the owners don't really care. Like, the owners are fine with losing games. The players have a little bit more at stake because, again, this is their – like, if they don't play these games, the players aren't going to get any money from them. It's just not going to happen. So I think the players just have a bit more at stake than the owners, which sucks because the owners aren't really negotiating in good faith. They're kind of just giving pretty minuscule changes while the – players are drastically giving up more on there and the bargain 
and it's a mess. It's a mess. These owners are just cheap. It's like you own a team. You think they want to just start spending money, but it's the exact opposite. You would think that in a sport like baseball where there's no salary cap, like, okay, teams would just start kind of kind of throwing some money around. That's just not the case. You had Steve Cohen who bought the Mets this year. He basically came in and was just started blowing money, and everyone's kind of like, hey, 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 whoa, whoa. We're not, that's not how we're going to roll. And everyone's just kind of like, okay, what, what's going on here? Like you've got teams that are tanking right now that have like 30 to $40 million payrolls at times. I believe the, the guardians, formerly Indians had like almost like a 40 or $50 million payroll. That's you've got teams that are just like barely scraping by and just selling off all their players that are, have decently high contracts, which is fine, but it just kind of like, waters down the game of it because like these fans like if you're in a window like you expect these players to or these teams to kind of say okay we're gonna go all in we're gonna throw some money around at least one thing about obviously you're very familiar with jerry reinsdorf he owns both the bulls and the white Sox. right i mean he's been pretty cheap throughout his time as a Sox owner but i'll give him credit now we're the white Sox are in the championship window and we're top five in payroll Again, he doesn't. It's not without his issues, and there are a lot of bad contracts on the White Sox right now. So I'm not giving him a pass for that. But at least he's shown that he's somewhat willing to spend. We'll see at once this lockout's over how much he wants to spend. But there's just a really big disconnect from these owners of these small market teams of their refusal to start spending money. Wow, wow. And what's the what's the deal that could maybe come with both side agreement? Is it like? maybe money for the owner's part or take. Yeah, there's, I believe it has to do with like the, um, like the luxury tax is a big one. They also are really not even close on uh, how many teams are going to expand to in a playoffs. The owners want 14, the players want 12 with the idea being like, Oh, if there's only 12 teams that make the playoffs, you really have to make your team stronger and you have to throw more money around into your team. Whereas if it's a 14-team playoff, it's easier to make the playoffs so you don't have to throw as much money into your team. And these are kind of two of the main issues or it doesn't seem like they're even relatively close on. They've got through some service time manipulation, which service time essentially means like, okay, this player has spent X amount of years in the minors. We're going to call him up at a certain point of the season so it doesn't count as like a year left on his contract. Baseball rookie contracts are very weird. It's basically different than any other sport. Because, like, it's not like a true contract. You have to go through an arbitration phase every year to basically determine how much am I going to make next year. And again, there's players where they get their contract, their arbitration bought out. So they're on just a regular, normal contract. So they avoid arbitration completely. But at the same time, like, it's just really fluid because things can change really easily. And there's just players that are just playing at a very high level that aren't getting paid enough. And there's just such a big gap between like, yeah, the $40 million pitchers like Max Scherz or Garrett Cole and guys barely making 500 K, which again, I say barely in a sense of like, yeah, that's still a ton of money, but relative to like relative to the other MLB players, there is just very big. There's a lot of variation in between like the bottom tier guys and the top tier guys. Wow. Wow. Yeah. They, you, expect maybe okay what's your prediction for monday then like maybe a agreement come or i i've been kind of ringing the bell since probably january that there's going to be a delayed season 
I don't think they're going to get it done tomorrow. I'm not as optimistic as others are. I know a lot of people are pretty – there's some people that are pretty optimistic, but there's nothing that I've seen in the last few – last few days at the very least that shows any signs of optimism. I know last night they had a meeting and it went very poorly. Players and owners were kind of yelling at each other. Players kind of just stormed out. So from what I've seen, there's been a lot of negative discussions regarding how close they are to getting a deal. The only people that are pretty optimistic about it are some of these MLB writers who happen to work for the owners in a way. Like you can kind of see it with other sports, but baseball specifically, you can tell which writers kind of are mouthpieces for the owners, which is problematic in itself. Mm-hmm. But there's not many, there's not much optimism, it seems, around the league that a deal is going to get done tomorrow. Wow. If they, if they were yelling between the players and the owners, yell each other in the meeting. That's not a good sign. Not at all. Nope. <laughs> not not at all. That's not a good sign. That that tells you that it's they're fair. They are very far apart. I'm yep. really far apart. I remember the NBA lockout years years ago, far apart all the way to till like December. Uh, they come somehow agreement. Now, yeah. Do you see possible baseball? Do you do? Okay, let me ask you this: Do are we gonna have a baseball season this year? I think we'll have a season at some point. I think eventually, like, they're going to start losing so much money that the players are going to have to just accept something that they may not find acceptable. I think, yeah, we're going to get a season. My initial prediction is Memorial Day is the start time, which I, I think that, I mean, obviously it's not ideal because there's some great baseball to be played in April and May. Right. But it's better than nothing. And obviously I want a full season. But mm-hmm. at this point, if we can get it just a Memorial Day start time, then I'm cool with that. Obviously, anything else is a plus, but that's kind of my expectation. Anything less than that, I would be insanely disappointed by, and something must have, something must really be wrong that I haven't been noticing as much. Okay, okay, gotcha, gotcha. And you say this this really hurt the player side in this lockout, but not much the owners, or none at all. Does it really hurt the owners that because they lose, they're not making profits if there's a lockout, if there's no game. I mean, yeah, I, 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 I get that. But at the same time, like it's a millionaire versus billionaire thing. The billion, like they don't like, they're probably losing money, but to them it's really negligible. Like it's not much. They could function in a one, whatever, 125, 30, 130 game season. No problem. Whereas some of these lower level players are going to start to get antsy a little bit. Okay. Now we're just kind of sitting here, not getting paid, not doing anything. And especially, I know the minor league is not affected by the lockout, but there's been, just some discrepancies within minor league baseball as well. That's got its, that's its own little can of worms, but there's just going to be players that are like, okay, we really got to start getting back out there and getting after it because they're going to reach a point eventually where they just have to start playing games again. And I think again, Memorial day is going to be that time where they're like, okay. And it's going to happen in like, I want to say like sometime in mid April or may where they're going to be like, okay, we really got to hunker down and, get an agreement again they could surprise me tomorrow they could come out of nowhere and come up with a deal i don't think it's going to happen a lot of people don't think it's going to happen but we just have to wait and see obviously i'm hoping for the best but if i'm being realistic i just don't see it happening tomorrow what we can do is we can go over there and lock them up <laughs> in, the, in the in the room and they won't let them out until they come to agreement <laughs> yep. mm-hmm. i agree i think that would be pretty beneficial i say okay we're just yeah, gonna it- we're just going to put you in here. You guys got to figure it out for the next 48 hours. 
that's all you got to do is, is come up with an agreement. And if not, then we're just going to fire you all. We're going to bring in replacement players. We're going to bring in replacement owners, replacement everything. It'd be like, okay, we're just going to start a new league without any of you greedy, greedy bastards. Bring the replacement players. <laughs> just like the that movie, replacement players. The replacement. Yeah. yeah, basically. You know. Now, let me ask you this regarding this lockout. What type of change would you like to see personally in Major League Baseball once they, to come up with um, some agreement? All the changes, I don't want to see many role-related changes. I mean, they're going to institute a universal DH, which if you're not familiar with the DH, it's basically like a player that bats for the pitcher. The AL, As of last year, the AL had it, the NL doesn't. But coming in the next CBA, they've already basically said, like, yeah, both leagues will have a DH, which I kind of like it because I get it. There's more strategy involved when there's no DH. But at the same time, like, Nobody wants to watch a pitcher go up there and just just stand there for three pitches and strike out. It's just not a fun at bat. And you want – baseball just wants more offense. It's having an offense problem right now. And I see, like, no problem with going out there and being like, okay, let's get – let's just stop with this whole pitcher batting nonsense. It's just a waste of everyone's time. For every, like, one time that a pitcher makes – like, hits a home run – there's just 99 times of a pitcher striking out in three at-bats. It's just – there's cool moments of it, but for the most part, it's just insanely boring, and it's just a waste of everyone's time. Another thing that I don't think is going to happen, but I think they should consider is potentially banning the shift, where the shift basically means like, okay, baseball is a very heavily driven stat data analysis sport. Like, you basically have a player that's batting, and you basically have a like a spray chart of like, where is this player like hitting to where does he pull the ball? What velocity or what launch angle does he usually hit it with? So they can use these charts to basically position the outfield and or position the infield in a way that like, okay, this dude hits like 40, like 30% of his balls to, to the third, like in between like second base and third base. So what they do then is they shift their second baseman behind second base then they move the shortstop and the third baseman over. So it's basically just – it's a way to, like, nerf the offense, really. That's – there's no other way to put it. Obviously, it's a good part of the game. Like, I think it's interesting because it makes people really dig deep into these analytics. I'm a math guy. I love analytics. That's why I really fell in love with baseball these last two years is because it's just like, yeah, there's variation involved. There's variance involved with it. But for the most part, it's basically just like a math simulation. And I dig that stuff up because I just love analyzing data. For one of my projects a few uh, last week in one of my data analysis classes, I basically analyzed 10 years worth of baseball stats and was finding correlations between which specific stats have the biggest percentage or had the big like biggest increase in win percentage. And to me, like, when you eliminate the the i get both sides of this uh of the idea of shifting because i like that teams have to use the analytics for it but at the same time like the league is going in a direction where they're like batting average i know batting average is a very flawed stat and that's something i again i could really get into that but we see league batting average drop every year again that's for a variety of factors but it's, it's hurting the game in a sense because teams are scoring less runs on average and all-
You're a bat. Sorry about that. I don't know what happened. <laughs> I think what happened is I, I accidentally knocked my mic. Like, I knocked the mic out of my, like, headphone jack. And then I tried to put it back in. And then for some reason, the screen just, like, caught. So I was like, uh-oh. So I apologize oh. for that. Oh, that's all good. I, I wasn't going to get away well, let's just bring the competition. <laughs> so, so what, what, what you're saying? You were, you were talking about the the, the analytes with you know batter, bat, uh, battling average and stuff. Go ahead, man. Yeah, so I get both sides of the shift. Like, there's pros and cons for it. Ultimately, <laughs> I think it'd probably be better for the league moving forward for them to get away with it. But I see both sides of it. It's cool, but it's also just a way to just kind of nerf offenses a little bit. Okay. Got gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. And I, I hope they come in agreement. I mean, I have an uncle who's a big baseball fan as well. Yeah. Big baseball fan, major league baseball, and I know he wants to want to uh use baseball fix, obviously, you know. Oh yeah. fix, you know, but this I hope they come in some agreement and a quick cool story. He 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 told me he that he was good enough to try go be in the major league baseball team, but really? he went to the, yeah he went to the army. Yeah, probably the girls too. But what team did you uh what team did you root for when you were a fan of baseball? Oh man, I was such a bang rat. <laughs> <laughs> At first, it was the New York Mets fan. Yeah, New York Mets, and that was my first team. New York yeah. Mets, and I jumped to. I don't know who was my second team. But I was. I would give, give you like a sample. How many teams I've become? <laughs> like you know, um, the Indians, the White Sox, uh, yeah. the Yankees was with the last one, but basically, uh, the Blue Jays. Uh, and that's pretty much it, really. I mean, maybe not the whole entire team, but <laughs> yeah. But Were you ever a Yankee? Ever a Yankees team. fan? I was that was my last thing really. Uh, really, that Yankees, New York Yankees. Not a fan of the Yankees. Yeah. <laughs> my my uncle hates the Yankees. Really? He hates yeah. He hates Yankees. He hates the Braves, which oh. the Braves won the World Series. So, yep. <laughs> and I don't know he doesn't like that. But yeah, yeah so you know, but I do. You you know I haven't really lost interest in baseball. I hope they come in agreement. You know, yeah. have some. Or anything like that. Yeah. Like I said, maybe we need to go there, maybe lock them up or something. Yeah. Maybe, maybe bring a wild I, We need to lock the owners up. We need that. We need to take the owners' money away. I, I'm not going to blame the players. I'll blame some of them for okay. for some of these multi million or these guys on massive contracts. I'll blame some of them, but I'm mm-hmm. I'm not going to blame the players. I'll blame the owners for just being a bunch of greedy greedy pigs. That's what they are. Yeah, the billion dollar, the billionaires. Oh, uh, yep. Okay. That's that's another subject for another time. <laughs> oh yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that's absolutely. Uh, yeah, anyways, but now the Chicago Bears they make moves in offseason, new new internal manager, new coaching staff, including the head coach. What are your thoughts on the hiring? Um, I w- at first I wasn't really thrilled. I was kind of underwhelmed. I think there were some better options we could have rolled with, but. After doing some research, and it seems like he's going to be really hands-off, both the offense and the defense, which is a change of pace because it seems like Matt Nagy was one of those guys who was really hands-on the offense, and the offense was just kind of stagnant for his entire time in Chicago. So 
having a guy who's going to let the coordinators do their work to me is a bit like I'm excited for that because we haven't had a guy like that in a very long time. With that being said, he has his concerns. He hasn't really been had a ton of experience. He's been a pretty solid defensive coordinator. He's been good, hasn't been great, but he's been solid throughout his time as as a defensive coordinator for the Colts. Mm. Um, I he was his, for Dak's rookie year. He was Dak's like I believe it was like offensive quality control coach. So he does have a lot of experience coaching both sides of the ball, which is something I. I've really wanted just having a guy who's really well-rounded. So mm-hmm. I'm excited now that I've done more research. Obviously it's the bears. So they'll find a way to like it'll, they'll find a way for this to be a, a terrible hire because it's the bears. They're just a dysfunctional organization who will just until they, until we get, until our owner dies, until our, our 99 year old owner dies, nothing's going to change. Mm. Okay. Okay. So you, you don't, you don't have no confidence about the bears. Maybe a turnaround, maybe a new leaf or anything like that. I think some. I think it's possible, but at the same time, like I'm not going to be super optimistic about it because right. what what if they showed me in the past for me to be optimistic about it? There's never been a single like besides 2018, which was like every Bears fan was like we were convinced we were just going to start a dynasty during that year because of how good we were, but. Like that was just one like year where there's just high optimism about the team. And it just seems like there's just that just doesn't exist anymore amongst Bears fans. We're just tired of the same garbage product year after year being 25th, 26th in offense every single year. It's just it's just just like pathetic that we haven't changed our identity. Gotcha, gotcha. And what are your thoughts about that new turnover manager? Again, it seemed like a lot of other teams were, were going for him. It seemed like both the Vikings and Giants, he was really high up on their list. So the fact that we yeah. were able to snag him before other teams really got the chance was pretty cool. He doesn't have a ton of experience, but he's been in that Kansas City front offense. And Kansas City has been one of the most consistently good teams over the past six to seven years. So obviously the last Kansas City guy we hired, Matt Nagy, didn't really work out. But I'm willing to give him a chance. It seems like the players like him. It seems like everyone around him has very positive things to say about him. So I have nothing to be but optimistic about the situation. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. I, I know this, uh, there's one of the best friends, like, uh, he, he's happy that he or they happy about Nagy's gone, Pace is gone. But the one person who's still there working the front office is. Uh, Ted or Tom, whatever. Ted Phillips. Ted Phillips. Yep. Which probably the problem. What? What? Your, yep. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, Ted Phillips is a guy who's just he's been around the Bears organization for so long, and he has like zero business just being a part of the organization. He's an accountant that's basically running football operations. Get him out of there. He needs to go along with the entire McCaskey family. Sell the team to someone that actually cares. I doubt they're going to be listening to this podcast, but. If McCaskies are, if some McCaskey is listening to this podcast, then I'm calling on you right now to sell the team immediately, so that us Bears fans could have something to be looking forward to. Definitely, definitely. I, I remember I read somewhere that Ted Flo's possible retired next year. That's what I, I'm. That's what I've heard. I've heard some things about that too. Which to me, uh good riddance. We're not going to miss you. We're we're not going to miss him at all. No, I, I don't think you can name a single Bears fan that's going to be sad when he quote retires because it's going to be long overdue 
Yeah. Well, if he does retire, you can sing that song on the podcast. Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> yep. Hey, hey, goodbye. <laughs> and yeah, definitely now. Free agency is coming up. Pretty. Yep. So that will be their first new GM, first duty. What do you expect for the Bears do in the free agency? The Bears, I think, I mean, we've got like, I think we're like 10th or 11th in overall like total cap space. So I think we're going to start spending a bit. We've got some room to work with. Uh, first guy that comes to mind is Ryan Jensen, the mm-hmm. center for the Bucks. But with Ali Marpet retiring today, I think they're going to be more inclined to keep him around because him retiring freed up a lot of money. With that being said, I do think that um, a guy like Ryan Jensen, who is a very good starting center, Pro Bowl caliber starting center, can come into the Bears right away and kind of rebuild our offensive line, which has been fairly mediocre for the past few years. I'd also like to take a chance on one of these wide receivers in free agency. There's a few guys that I'm, I've am i been looking at, like a Michael Gallup, Juju Smith-Schuster. I know Chris Godwin's going to be really expensive, but right. one of those guys would give Justin Fields another weapon. Um Allen Robinson, he's gone. Bye-bye. Good riddance. Uh, don't let the door hit you on the way out. I just want him gone. He was pretty bad last year. And he's one of the worst like wide receivers at getting separation. So I don't want him on the team anymore if he's going to be a drama queen and complain about everything. He had a, he had a good run, but it's, it's time for us to move on from him. Mm-hmm. But that being said, like we – I don't plan on us like really upgrading at a ton of other positions. Obviously there's a lot of room for improvement, but it's just about making those small, smart like bargain signings that again, the bears are basically like a, a defensive line, uh, like a defensive line factory. Like we pump out defensive linemen like crazy. And it's just something that we've been able to do like the past for the past few years. With that being said, Again, I wouldn't mind us going out and get another cornerback because our we had a revolving door at cornerback last year, and it really helped. It didn't help. It really struggled with the deep. Like the defense really struggled because of it. It was just teams would just light up that other side of the field that Jalen Johnson wasn't on. So I would want to get another cornerback, but I don't want to blow like blow the bank for it. Right, right. Well, you can always sign Josh Norman. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I don't want him back. Oh my god, he gave me a headache. Oh, <laughs> wow. Oh man, I'm trying to get the get the get the heck out of my team, man. Mm-hmm. But yeah, now you you don't mind getting the corners and that free agency. I don't know what the free agency market market in the corner. I think I think Stephen Gilmore is a free agent. Stephen Gilmore is a free agent, but he seems like someone that's going to be out of our payroll. Like he's going to be a bit too expensive. Yep. Yeah, because I know Sherman said he's. He's back, or I guess I guess he's back or predict Gilmore sign either Seahawks yeah. or Niners, uh, mm-hmm. which I, I could see him go to Seahawks. To be honest with you, yeah. And yeah, screw you, Seahawks. By the way, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so there's that. So you don't mind getting the corners and possible wide receiver. I look at the some of the free, wide receiver free agents. Of course, you got Dante Adams, who's a big yep. free agent marketing, um, and you got some other wide receivers. Is there any? Particular, why we still might want the uh, Bears to go after in free agency. Um, Devontae Adams is going to be too expensive for me, right. and as much as he's probably the best receiver in the league. With that being said, it seems as if the Packers are going to just franchise tag him. Which mm-hmm. again, I I get why they're doing that. It just it probably makes more sense for them. 
I'm not convinced that Aaron Rodgers is leaving Green Bay. I think it's all just a smoke and mirrors. He's just being a dramatic little baby like he always is because that's just how Aaron Rodgers operates. Nice. With that being said, I think there's some other good choices for the Bears. I think, again, like a Chris Godwin, Michael Gallup, Juju Smith-Schuster are going to be three guys that I would like to keep an eye on. Mike Williams is another interesting one. He's a pretty big deep threat receiver for Justin Fields, and that's kind of something we'd need. So I would keep an eye on his situation too. Odell Beckham's another one that might be interesting. He might want to play with Justin Fields because uh, just because I know he has very positive things to say about him, and mm-hmm. he was saying that that's a guy who he'd possibly want the ball thrown to him. But I think he's going to stay with the Rams. So it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. There's a lot of like solid wide receiver choices available. And I'm curious to see what what route the Bears end up going in. Yeah, that's this. I I know Chris Godwin is recovering from the ACL injury. Same with um, Ola Beckham. He's recovering. Actually, I think Beckham's out for this season. Really? Yeah. I don't think it's probably not out for this. Let's see. He did it. It was like February. So that's usually like nine or like nine months. So probably like maybe like October, he'll be back. You think October? Okay, okay, yeah. Maybe October, November at the latest. But we saw Cam Akers come back from that surgery he had after like six or seven Oof. months, and that's just like, whoa, that's kind of crazy that we like haven't seen that before. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Cam Akers, that and that's a serious. Tilly, it I couldn't say it. Terry, uh, whatever. But but yeah, you know. So that would be interesting regarding the free agency or anything. Regarding what the bull, I mean bulls, bear, what the bears will do, with yep. the new GM will do, and of course Absolutely. you got the draft coming up in April. Uh, now you you have followed college football. Now so my apologize regarding Alabama. I had to bring that up. Sorry, <laughs> I, I, I'm born in Georgia, so <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah, We're all tied I, to that. Yeah, I born I'm born in Georgia, so I had to like yeah. a little bit. Even though I don't follow college football much, but I know. Yeah. But I just want to live in a little bit. Just a little. Hey, you know, look, all, all I'm saying is when we saw we saw what happened when both teams were fully healthy and Bama crushed them. So I'll I'll leave it. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm there, okay. Now, drafts coming up in April. Is What possibly you that like, your interest will the Bears go after? The Bears don't have a first round pick, so I would like they're kind of shooting themselves in the foot a little bit. The Bears, I believe it's pick 39. Uh, I believe they have pick 39. So obviously I'd want them to get like a wide receiver with that pick. There's a few options that I've seen been floating around for the Bears. David Bell, the wide receiver out of Purdue, has been one of them. I don't, I'm not, like, I don't know much about him because I basically said like, I'm going to wait until the, the lockout happens for me to start doing my like, draft board rankings like i've never just sat down and like really analyzed like nfl draft classes and i said that if the mlb gets locked out and there's nothing going on in april that's going to be my april project with that being said i've heard good things about david bell from my friends who are like pretty big big 10 football fans they said he's a pretty solid receiver and he could come in and be an immediately impact player for the bears, which again is something we need because Allen Robinson's probably going to be gone. And it's not a guarantee that we get any of these top wide receivers in free agency. Right. So he so, projects to be a guy that's going to be a difference maker right away. Right. 
Are you, are you guys worried about the defense? I mean, Kyle Mack is not getting any younger. No, that's the thing is the defense isn't getting any younger. And that's going to be a problem the next few years. I think Akeem Hicks is going to be gone. We're going to have a lot of guys leaving. So we're we're going to be in a like position. I'd rather just start spending more time or more money on the offense and the defense because that's what we've been doing for years. Like we just keep spending all this money on the defense. And yeah, we've kind of seen that like defense isn't going to win you. Like defense isn't going to win you these games. So with that being said, I obviously we're going to have to find some replacements and I'd rather us find like cheaper replacements than us spend a bunch of money on defensive players. Right. Yeah. And that probably start with the draft too. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, That's and- the thing is finding guys for cheap in the draft is another important part of the process. Yeah, you know, you know what? What I realized there, there's a few teams don't have a first round this year. You got the Bears, you got the 49ers, you got the Rams, you got the Colts, the Colts, the Seahawks. Yep. Um, and who else don't have? A, I think that's pretty much it. Doesn't even have a first. Yeah, round. that's. I'm pretty sure that's it. I could be yeah. wrong though, at the top yeah. of my head. Yeah, that's like five teams with no first round. All the NFC West team don't have a first round except for Arizona Cardinals. Yep. Knock on wood, which is pretty pretty crazy. <laughs> Not to brag about Seattle, by the way, because <laughs> they trade the first round and they didn't make the playoffs. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I have to make that out. But you know, Jets <laughs> got two first rounds, so yeah. So, but anyways, with the Bears, um, are you worried about the offensive line? I know you mentioned about Jensen and starting saying about the other guys, the other position, like Jenkins, who been deal with the back injury. Yeah, you know? I'm really concerned about Jenkins' back injury because, like, he was up and down this year. There are times where he looked like he could be good, but it just seemed like there was always some sort of in, like weird injury with him, and like I believe it was back. Like that's something that like will keep recurring if it doesn't really get back into place and especially playing a very physical position like offensive line. I'm really concerned about this. Again, the reports are really high on this guy. Like he was supposed to be a first round pick until he fell due to the back injury concerns. So yeah. I'm curious to see how he plays moving forward. Yeah, definitely, definitely not. So we'll see how they how he's gonna do regarding Jenk Jenkins. I mean Justin Fields, he's your future quarterback, your cornerstone, you want to protect your investment. You know, the 49ers may have to deal with that same issue too with the offensive line. Mac, we don't know he's going to come back. He's not getting, and he's good, even though he do come back, he's not getting younger either, mid 30s. And you got, got, we got left guard, Nicky Thompson, who was great for us, but he's a free agent, Mm -hmm. which 49ers have to make a decision to resign him. The white side is the main problem usually. so which that need and McKinsey who have a quad tear, you don't know he's gonna be be the same because it's fair from my from my learned yesterday, quad injury is very rare regarding the offensive line. So yeah, mm-hmm. so that's not good. And we need four nines work on the white guard. So I guess four nines and bears are probably maybe the similar probably in tra- Do you see possible the, for the bear because four nines might be in the transition with moving trading lens as? Do you see the bears possibly in transition? I mean, yeah, the Bears are basically a transition team. We're in a whole, a whole new coaching staff, just com- on both sides of the ball. Completely new system. We're gonna have to learn, and it's gonna be different, but it's gonna be a lot of fun. I think seeing how this team really kind of builds. If it doesn't, then I'm gonna be disappointed. But the Bears, I mean, say what you want about Nagy, like 
besides this year, he's fielded a somewhat competitive team. And I'll give him credit for that, that besides this year, like every year has been pretty watchable and they've been at least like, a, like they've been able to beat solid teams. This year, however, was just completely different because it was just a complete mess, a complete waste of everyone's time. Yeah, different. I mean, you got Andy Dawson start the first couple of things got oh, yeah. mm-hmm. start. I think Dennis Fields got hurt. Yeah, Fields got hurt. Nick Foles played a game. Too. Nick Foles won a game for us, so that's that's good at least. Nick Foles. I like to call Nick Magic. As busy as is there any now? Is there, is there any high possible NFL players you're excited for to jump to the NFL? Um, yeah, there's a few guys from that I've seen at call that I've seen playing college. Uh, there's a few good guys from Bama that I'm curious to see how they play in the league. Both of our wide receivers, you got Jamison Williams, that came from Ohio State, played just balled out this year. Our, he should have won the. Fred Bolitnikoff, best wide receiver in the country award, but it just didn't happen. And then you also have John Mechie, who also went to Bama, who I actually ran into the other day. And they're both, unfortunately, recovering from an injury. So that's going to keep them out for a bit. But they're both going to be at least first or second round picks. So those are two guys I'm keeping an eye on. Obviously, another guy who I really want to see play in the NFL is Kevon Thibodeau. He's been very hyped for the last two years, I want to say as just just like can't miss elite edge rushing prospect. So I just I want to see how he translates to the league. Okay. Is there any sign up that's coming to Alabama for the freshman year ish coming season for Alabama? Um we had I believe the one or number one or number two ranked recruiting class. I believe we have a, a top quarterback prospect. I believe his name is his last name is Simpson. I know that he was supposed to be a number one or number two overall recruited quarterback prospect, and it seems like he's coming here. We had the I believe it was between also Texas and I'm for the number one or number two recruiting class. I haven't been following it as closely just because like it was basically it happened basically last year more than anything, but. Finger like we're we're gonna be good next year. Like we basically retained most of our starters from last year, so we're gonna be in a very good position next year to make it far in at potentially win the uh, championship. Okay, okay. Uh, my my sister, she lives in Hawaii. She's a Alabama fan, so oh, really? yeah, she always posts something. Go Alabama, and I always try to jump. Oh, they lose, <laughs> <laughs> and they always wins. They usually always find and a way to win. They always find. A way. I mean, they got talent. That they have a great recruiting, uh, great recruiter. You know mm-hmm. that program was great. It's great. One well, probably the best college football program. I mean, I think Alabama blow out. I, I live in New Mexico. They blow out MSU, which is not yeah. surprising. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not surprising because I was expecting him to do anything to win. Mm-hmm. Woo! <laughs> Anyways, but so we'll see what happens. Now, on to the Chicago Bulls. And I, 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 season. I haven't had yeah. fun for quite a while. Wow. Because we, we, yeah. Bill, we hope he gets a top three pick. Nope. Number seven. Number seven. Again. Yep. Every year, there's always something. From this season, the Bulls right now, during nine wins, turn to loss, they're number two. 
I'll be honest with you. My expectation before this season is borderline or in the play-in. We're in the number yeah. two in, in the Christian conference, which is surprising to me. What about mm-hmm. you? What are your thoughts on the Bulls season so far? Um, I mean, it's enjoyable for the fans. Like, It's really good for the fans, which is the best part. Obviously, it's a bit concerning that right. the Bears – I mean, not the Bears, excuse me, the Bulls can't seem to beat good teams. That's a bit of a concern, and I think it's a valid criticism just because, like, we saw with the White Sox. Our, the biggest criticism for the White Sox this year was, oh, they have a sub-500 record against, like, playoff-level teams. And we saw that in the playoffs. They got kind of blown out a little bit. Like, it, it was pretty bad. And obviously in a sport like uh, basketball where your team is so dependent on the best player being just like it, like you want the best player on the court at all times, unless you're a team like the gold state warriors who just are just stacked and yeah, LeBron can't do it all. Like again, when you have a team with two of the best shooters of all time, LeBron just can't do it all. With that being said, like I think the bulls, it's a fun season, but I think we have to temper our playoff expectations just a tad. And we have to realize that just making the playoffs and getting back to playoff basketball in Chicago, is just a big accomplishment in itself. And we've got to be just, just proud that it's been a competitive season and view the playoffs as just a bonus. Yeah. yeah, I will say it is concerning guarding the last few games against a good team, even though a lot of those games, exception for, Golden State and Phoenix. I mean, Golden State, Phoenix, let's face it, Golden State and Phoenix, they're on another level. Yeah. <laughs> they're they're another level. Fort Phoenix and Golden State, Golden State, they're 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 not humans. So uh, they they have some superpowers in over there. So <laughs> or anything like that, yep. you know. But a lot of lot of games the Bulls were against a good team were a close game. I mean, the game against the Bucks, the first were close, and we're missing some guys that were critical. Mm-hmm. Got hurt by that little bitch, mm-hmm. <laughs> and and we're playing the Miami Heat tomorrow, and we we were close. Miami, well, set for the last game against Miami, but we're missing a lot of guys due to COVID. Uh, that time back in, I think it was back in December, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, back in December, yeah. this whole COVID thing, and Memphis game, everything was pretty close. They make a comeback, so you know, and it was it was a fun s- season, you know. Now, now they didn't make any move on the trade deadline. What are your thoughts about that? I was a tad bit disappointed that they didn't do anything at all. I <laughs> thought they could have really upgraded at the center position a little bit. I've been pretty disappointed in Vooch this year. I just thought Vooch is just kind of been mediocre defensively and has been getting kind of killed by some other of these defensive-minded big men. His offense is whatever. I think people overrate his value to shoot three because he's his true shooting percentage still isn't that good. And I know people are afraid I scared to it to hear that, but his shooting true shooting percentage is very bad. He's had some good games, I'll give him credit for, but I'd say he is by far been the most disappointing player this year. And you even see that like with especially signing Tristan Thompson. Like I'm pretty like Tristan Thompson's a solid player still. And the yeah. team arguably at times looked better when Tristan Thompson was on the court and Vooch was on the bench. And we're gonna see within the next year or so, like 
or the next the rest of the season, if if Vooch can't get it together, I think there's a real chance that he might not be a bull at this time next year. And I I don't think that's really a hot, I feel like that's not really a hot take because it seems like Arturas Karnasovas is really ready to make like big splashy moves in the offseason if he has to. Right. If, well, Fuch will be a free agent next summer. Not this summer, but next yeah. summer. Mm-hmm. And I have a feeling the Bulls have a plan. I and do too. I know you, we heard about this before with Gar Paxson, but I think this is, I feel this is different a little bit. Yeah, because these guys aren't idiots like Garpax were and just, just running a circus. That's what Garpax was. It was a circus. It wasn't a front office. It was a circus. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, I mean, when's the last time when, when Garpax was in with the Bulls and when we were a playoff team with Rose in his MPP year and with this whole and they didn't do anything with the buyout market or anything, the Bulls picked up a guy, Tristan Thompson in the buyout market. When's yeah. the last time the Bulls did that? A long time. The balls don't do that ever. They just pick up guys from maybe the G League or just some other terrible league. So the Bulls, I'm I'm shocked that they they made a solid move. Tristan Thompson's still a solid player. I feel like people yeah. seem to forget that a little bit. He still he still plays some solid basketball. He's like he's only thirty, so he's still like I would say he's in his prime anymore, but he's still a, a solid contributor to like a playoff level team. Definitely, and you will help. He brings, you know, brings. Wait until all these guys come back with Lonzo Ball and Caruso coming back, which we need those two guys. Uh, yeah. Especially for that defense end. And if Patrick Williams come back, it will be a bonus. And, yep. and with the bench, the energy, with, with Thompson off the bench, energy off the bench, with Caruso off the bench, that will be something else. It'll be mm-hmm. a lot of fun. I can't wait for Ball and Caruso coming back, which possible next month or sometime next month yep. the ball and Kuzo, uh coming back. Uh we'll see about Patrick Williams. If Patrick yep. Williams comes back, that's that's a bonus. That's that's actually a bonus. That Andrew Tissa Thompson, I like the pickup. He always yeah. thought he's probably a player. Especially he fights for the rebounds. I mean look at the last two games he played for the Bulls. Especially that second chance. Second chance. And I feel that Billy Billy who was doing a good job this season for the Bulls mm-hmm. as a head coach. I mean, way better, miles better than Jim Dolan. <laughs> and, Absolutely. And, you know, one mistake, now I get it. You want to put Fuji in for whatever, but I feel like you should put Tristan Thompson back in because we were getting out rebounded, especially the office. We can't even get the office guys. We were struggling and struggling that game against Memphis yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, Thompson, but Thompson was a good pickup. And I, like I said, I think the Bulls have a plan. 2023, Joey B and um, the Choker are free agents. And that and the Bulls front office have history with those two players. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Look, what Jokic think? is probably one of my all-time favorite players. I think he's probably number three behind LeBron and Westbrook. Mm-hmm. So if he could be a Bull, I, I would root like hell for him, let me tell you, because he is such a fun player to watch. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he's a great center, a great player. I think he and Eb are two great center. You know, centers is a dying breed nowadays in Amy, but there's yeah. still some good quality center. I mean, Eb who's playing MVP like an MVP this season. The Choker, Absolutely. same with the Choker. Choker was such a fun, fundamental type of player. He's not flashy, yep. but he's really, yep. really excellent. You know, great pass. 
it'll be awesome if the Bulls can sign one of those two big men and, and Fooch, who's going to be a free agent that same year. So it makes me thinking, because I remember someone mentioned on trade now that on Twitter, I, I was thinking the same thing. I, like, I think they have a plan and they're going to try to do a, a, try to get a superstar maybe to pair mm-hmm. with Zach Levine, possible. What yep. do you think? I want to say that I don't think Jokic or Embiid are going to leave Philly or Denver. I just don't see it happening. I, I don't see any way in which those two don't remain with the Nuggets or the 76ers respectively for what could be most of their career. With that being said, if the opportunity presents itself, and like we know, we've they've got history with both of those guys, swing for the fences. Don't worry about assets down the road. If you can get a guy like Jokic or Embiid, that's like the missing piece that this team needs. Ideally, you'd probably want another shooter on the Bulls too. Like you want another guy who could shoot three well. But having an elite big man, like like not an elite, just like generational talent at the center position would be just remarkable and it would be the perfect balance to the Bulls. Yeah, definitely, definitely. You know, and uh, EB, well, they got Timothy Sixers got James Harden. They're looking good with James Harden, and which will play the Sixers soon, sometime this week. I yep. believe, and I think Indy will probably stay with the 76er. Um, but I'm just hoping there's a drama with Harden somehow. <laughs> it's, it's great to be happening, you know. Come on, I mean, he didn't, he, he forgot to, to option that in his, he forgot the, his paperwork for the option, his contract. <laughs> I mean, come on now. What, what kind of, uh, that's funny. That's funny yep. itself. <laughs> Absolutely. How do you forget about that? Seriously. <laughs> I mean, come on. You've been in the league for a long time. How do you forget about it? Well, whatever, James Harden, whatever. But, you know, but I think he will stay with the 7th section, to be honest with you. Joker, mm-hmm. 50-50, to be honest with you. Because, I mean, yeah, Jamal Murray, yeah, they're, they're, they're probably the injuries all year. Jamal Murray probably won't play this season. Porter... Porter, he has that back problem. That's that's gonna be yep. a problem, and that's something that's gonna keep coming back. Yeah, it's 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 gonna be a problem. And Nuggets, there there will be a playoff team, um, when when these guys come back next season, or well, when Jamal Murray mm-hmm. come back next season. But you're wondering, hmm, if you're a choker wants, yeah, you might be one be be one of those loyal guys to stay in Denver. Yeah. But you're wondering mm-hmm. the opportunity to win. A higher chance of championship. What about the big market team like Chicago, paired with Zach yeah, Levine? Exactly, that's what I'm saying. I think there's a, I think there's a fifty. I would say 50 50, 50, 50 chance for Joker leaving to go elsewhere, maybe like Chicago. I'm just. Like, I think it's a possibility, but to me, it seems like Jokic doesn't really care about like the whole idea of the big market thing. It, that's just what I've kind of noticed from my time watching the Joker. True. Sure. Well, we can always treat him and tell him about it. Well, absolutely. <laughs> hey, I'd love it. <laughs> I, I would love it. Yeah, definitely, definitely. You know, now I'm gonna name some of the current players and you tell me what give them their grade so far this season. You know, we're just started the second half of the season. Okay. Uh, okay. Demar DeRozan. A plus. A plus. Okay. Zach Levine. A to, A minus to an A. Um, Chawante Green. B plus. He's been he's been solid in his role that he has 
had to step into with Patrick yeah. Williams' injury. Yeah, I, I love the guy. He do the dirty work, man. Exactly. Like, he's one of those guys where like the stats don't show it, but he's just such a like positive contributor to the team. Yeah, definitely. You know, he just bring energy, bring that energy. He's out, you know, hustle the the little things. You know, Grayson Allen, watch out. <laughs> yep, watch out, Grayson Allen. He's gonna put a he's gonna put a elbow in your chest if you're not careful. I I hope I hope so. Oh my God, Grayson Allen, that little bitch ass. Mm-hmm. You know, I DM Grayson Allen, call him a bitch when that really? first. Happened. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, I have to. <laughs> I have to. But yeah. Okay. <laughs> now next player. Vooch. I'm going to go ahead and say Vooch. I'm going to say a, a D for Vooch. He's D. been like the only really disappointing part of the Bulls this year. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, Luanzo Ball. Um, probably like a like a B. I want to say a B is is fair. B. Okay, okay. Cool. So. Cool. So. Oh, Caruso. Um, yeah. I'd say before he got injured, almost an A+. Plus. I, I was critical of that signing, mm-hmm. but he's been great. He's been everything the Bulls have asked for. He's slid into his role perfectly, and I don't think you could ask for until he – before he got injured from, from you know, from he who shall not be named, he was <laughs> playing some f- just fantastic role-player basketball. Oh, yeah, definitely. And you know, funny is – and they were showing the, the defensive weighting numbers. If Caruso on the floor, the Bulls were the top five defensive team. Yep. Mm-hmm. Without him, we're, we're, we're ranked close to last. Mm-hmm. So he's like, he's like making our defense better. Basically. It just he's shows like, the impact he has. Definitely. You know, that's why LeBron James loved the guy. You know, and I can see that now, you know, why. Yep, absolutely. You know, it's just, he's like the defensive corn, or like he's the anchor of our defense, basically. Uh, mm-hmm. He's our super glue. So it, it, things from what I was good guarding his rehab, he should be starting dribbling and and um, bounding the ball soon. So when mm-hmm. that comes, it, it'll be soon possible practicing contact and it'll be ready to go. So Hopefully that's the case we because we need to see him back out there. Definitely, definitely. Watch out, uh, Grayson Allen. <laughs> <laughs> Coming and now another player, Derek Jones. He was probably like a B minus to B player. He was playing pretty solid until he got injured, but it's yeah. unfortunate he got injured because again, the Bulls are just lacking some depth right now, and having these guys back would alleviate a lot of issues. But again, he was he was playing pretty solid for a good chunk of the season. Yeah, I mean, show he's a Muslim doing uh playing was playing. Solid, solid the last two games too, you yeah. know. Um some energy off the bench, bring that analysis. break. <laughs> <laughs> so just a few technical difficulties again. The stupid headset is really sensitive. I literally moved my chair over and it just flew out. I was like, oh really? <laughs> oh damn. All right. It's, it's all good now. It's all good. But what was I talking about? Derek Jones, something about Derek, Derek Jones. Jones. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, Eric Jones, you know, bring energy, play solid defense. Um, they, you remember how we we're lack of a listen? Listen, well, yep. we got mm-hmm. a lot of listen now. So, <laughs> so <laughs> exactly, yep. And I, I always liked Eric Jones in his early days too. In Queens days with Portland, and, you know, yeah. and I, I was happy we acquired him. Yeah, you know, in, in the rotation, played mm-hmm. 
And I remember he was playing a little bit at the five at the yeah, center. I thought I thought that the Bulls after that year with the Heat he had, which was solid. I thought the Bulls were going to end up signing him, but they just they just never did. Like I thought for sure he was going to be a Bull, and I guess destiny just turned out, and we got to where we're at. Yeah, definitely. You know, and now Kobe White. Kobe White. Um, I I know you love Kobe. I'm gonna give him. <laughs> a B because he has been pretty good lately. He's been hitting his shots and yeah, he's a complete liability on defense, but at the end of the day, like he's still playing some pretty good football, like not football, excuse me. He's still playing some pretty dang good basketball for the most part. Like it seems like he's kind of filled into his role a little bit. Yeah. Wait till when the other guys come out, come back. With the rotation with um, Carrizo, Ball, and Io, and the three guard, because you know Billy loved to play three guard, which I don't exactly. mind. Yep. Mm-hmm. So that that's happening. That bench is going to get much deeper. We don't have to worry about seeing Matt freaking Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's a bum. He's a bum. He's an F. Yeah, I mean, he's a three point specialist, and it, you pass up a three. Man, yep. I don't mm-hmm. know how many times he, he passed up an open three, to be honest with you. I mean, come on now. Shoot mm-hmm. the ball. And when he's open, shoot, when he shoot, he missed break. But whatever. yep, I agree. Whether, how about Isle? He's been a, probably a B plus to an A minus. He's been pretty good for a rookie, and you don't really see rookies make instant impacts. I mean, there's really only been two second round rookies that have made instant impact like he has, and that's Isle Desumu and Herbert Jones, who one place for my favorite team and one I went to school with. So yeah. I can't, I can't be, I can't say that I'm that I'm mad about that. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, I remember I liked the aisle. He was he's tremendous, you know. He, he had his one first bad game uh, yesterday. I mean, yeah. after I start Charles Morant, I mean, come on now. Mm-hmm. Charles Morant was great. But, you know, but other than that, he was tremendous, especially on the defensive end. Man, he's defense. He's He has a high basketball IQ. Exactly. He's like, he's like a 10-year fit, basically. He's, been, he's, like, willing to step into his role, which is you don't see that for rookies, like, being able to step into their role right away. Like you could see he's taking a little bit backseat role compared to what he was used to in college, but it's worked out perfectly for him. And it's basically given him a chance to have a long NBA career because that's the thing is some of these guys who are just the dominant player throughout all of college and they're get to the NBA as like a fringe, like second round or late first round pick. Mm-hmm. They struggle to kind of buy into their role. And that's just yeah. something you kind of see for him to go right away. And buy into that role quickly is fantastic. Yeah. And you got a mentor like DeMar DeRose to mentor him. Mm-hmm. I love how he go to his um his hang his jersey at the Raptors. Oh, absolutely. That was really which, cool. Which is was awesome, which is pretty cool, you know. And now who who I remind you of in terms of comparison? Um I mean, he's kind of like, I mean, he's a solid defensive presence. Uh, he's a solid, like, he's kind of like a point forward in a way because he's listed as like a forward technically, but he can kind of do it all. I can't really think of a comparison to him because, like, again, he's just really unique and we don't really see guys like him. So I'm kind of struggling to come up with like a like a straight comparison off the top of my head, so... I would have to really think about that for a sec, but yeah, so, we can. I got one. What do you think on the on the defensive side? Just on the defensive side, True mm-hmm. Holiday. 
I could see that. I could completely see that. I yeah. he's he can lock down other teams opposing like opposing guys, which is again something you don't see out of a rookie, let alone a second round rookie. So mm-hmm. it's pretty it's pretty solid. Definitely. I mean, look at the the way he defend Trey Young. Wow, Trey mm-hmm. he he frustrated Trey Young like wow. <laughs> 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 he, I'm sure you saw the pictures after like a little man with, with uh, Io as a as a oh, dad. Oh, Io's dad. Yep, mm-hmm. <laughs> those are funny. Yeah, that was great. That was great. But and you know, Io, uh, I I was having fun. I am having fun watching him play. Wait until these guys come back, ball, Caruso, and then you got Io because I think the key is if we had to match up the 76ers in the playoffs, first round or second round. Yeah, yeah, we gonna need all three of them healthy. Yep. The guards, it's, James Harden. Yep. I, I mentioned I, that on the Twitter. I mentioned mm-hmm. that because some Philly fans being a, a douchebag, so I do educate <laughs> him. Uh, educate him that we got, because we're going to need Ball, Caruso, and Isle, and Maxell, who's having a good year this season, showing the improvement. So don't, don't, don't take him lightly either. Mm-hmm. So we got to have those guys to throw different, you know, different looks. Yeah, the, I agree. You know, same with maybe same with me. I do the Kyle Lowry because I don't. I'm not gonna take Kyle Lowry lightly either, especially the way he flops nowadays. Hey, yep. cool, by the way, he's out for tomorrow's game, so oh, he's out. Interesting. Yeah. So we don't have to worry about him and flopping and taking all those stupid charges. Oh man, I swear to God, I swear like it's like when you play NBA 2K, they cheese, and yep. he cheese like crazy with you know taking charge i like, come on now if mm-hmm. it comes to the point that you won't be able to take charges you're in your dirties yep mm-hmm. <laughs> like, i agree on, <laughs> uh, but yeah so you know we really need ball crusoe and aisle on the defensive side you know so so there's that and one last name uh, okay i'll go ahead and say his name tony Brady. uh i mean <laughs> it's hard to even grade him because he's just my i mean I'm happy we went out and got Tristan Thompson, so he's not our our number two option at center. Yeah, so I'll say like a C or something, just because like again, he's just whatever. Yeah, I was being honest with you, I was disappointed because when we signed him, I like he's young, and I thought mm-hmm. maybe he was rebuilt. I mean, he's long. He's a yeah. Uh, it's not he's he's a, he's a lettuce, and it's not elite or anything like that. It's like average. Yeah. But yep, I exactly. I thought he will, you know, give like a little rim protection. Yeah, he did show flashes, but you know, it, he. But most part, he was disappointing. And I, I thought he might be a better, should be a better rebounder with his length and size. But but yep. he's not that good rebounder. Chinson Thompson was undersized, six eight. He's a mm-hmm. better rebounder. But you know, Tony Bradley, I don't mind keeping him for you know just for death purpose, which yep. I don't mind. You know, so I glad they didn't let him go. Of to make room for Tristan Thompson to keep him on the, for for the rest of this season, but he was disappointment. So you know, and, and another person I want you to grade is the Bulls head coach Billy. Um, I'll give Billy a B plus. There's been issues that he's had throughout mm-hmm. the year, and I was one of the people that was skeptical when the Bulls first hired him because I thought it was a pretty mediocre, mediocre like obviously. Anything's an upgrade over over the egg man. Let me tell you, he was the worst. Funny yeah. enough, um, I saw so him at Bama and I go to um and I literally live like about like five minutes away from the basketball uh like stadium here. And apparently one day, uh 
Jim Boylan was running a camp like five minutes away from me. Oh, and if yeah. I had known, I would have I would have gone to heckle him and be like, "Boo, you suck." <laughs> I'd be like, I would tell the kids like, "What are you gonna learn from this clown? He he ran the bulls into the ground." Wow. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I would if if I know he was doing his basketball camps, I, I would have a I would have a conversation with him. I'm like, "Look, man." You suck as a head coach. <laughs> you suck as a head coach. I mean, you suck as a person too. If you think about what happened yep. in the game against the Mavs, I believe. It's oh yeah, Mavs. when when who who was it that got injured? Was it Wendell or I think it Gafford? I think I mean, it was it was Gafford. Yeah, Gafford was like injured, and Rick Carlisle had to call a timeout for him. It's like, dude, what are you doing? Yeah, exactly. And you know, Chipotle didn't call a timeout to check his players. Mm-hmm. You just like let it. The opposing team, the opposing coach, had to call a timeout for him. Yeah, the, it's like, just pathetic. It? It's like, what are it's, what are we doing here? Yeah, he's like terrible human being, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, didn't he do that again before? I remember him doing it before. I just don't remember. What was it? I don't remember the context for it. I feel like I heard about it though. Yeah, I do remember that he was out of timeouts before fourth quarter. Yo, yeah, many because, times. <laughs> because that's just how Jim Boylan. Operate. It was just yeah. a mess. I mean, I, I like. I, I, I told someone, I like, really? I like, yeah, he was out of timeout before the fourth quarter. I like, really? Really? I, 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 I like, I bet I should do that in NBA 2K just for LOL. <laughs> <laughs> Use all the timeouts in the second quarter. You won't have timeouts for the rest of the, the game. <laughs> I pull a Jim Boylan. I mean, come on. Jim Boylan. And he's a, I analyze on the NBA TV. Yeah, who who he whatever they're paying him is is too much because that dude shouldn't be an analyst for like a um a, a park district basketball league. They probably overpay him, really. Oh yeah, he he's he's whatever he's making that is that much money is how much they're overpaying him. Yeah, I, I mean, come on. Well, you hire him as a, I, I love NBA TV better than ESPN because their analysts suck. Yeah. Uh, they maybe there's some exceptional, uh, but mm-hmm. that hired the wrong guy, Jim Bowling. I mean, come on, Jim Bowling. Nice. No. Jim Bowling's the best former coach you can do. Like, you really can't hire someone better than that. Exactly, exactly, man. I mean, come on now. I want to, I want to listen to Avery Johnson talk. Damn, Jim Bowling and Avery Johnson. Uh, talk, his voice yep. is a little. Oh yeah, weird. as a as an Alabama fan, and Avery Johnson spent some time as our head coach, so. I, I know Avery Johnson. Um, I, I have had a lot of experience with the uh, Avery Johnson experience. So anytime I hear his voice on the uh, on the ESPN broadcasts, I cringe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. you want to share that type of experience you have? Uh, it's again, it's just like a, a way, like what we like to call it, or what people like to call it, Alabama was a tale of two halves with Avery Johnson, where. There was never a consistent game with him. It was always something where the first half was strong and the second half was weak or vice versa. And the team never made it to the tournament in back-to-back years with him. And it was just underperforming after underperforming. And it just was kind of a mess. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. yeah, But, you know, now, what is for the rest of the season for the Bulls, which is, I believe, 20-something games left, What's your prediction for the Bulls where they gonna finish up this for the rest of the season? 
I think they'll end up finishing up as like a, a th- like a four or five seed. I just think yes. they're gonna they're gonna start playing some good teams and they're gonna just lose yeah. like they're gonna just lose games because not all the guys are healthy and that's fine. It's just it's it, it's it's gonna be a tougher path to like really good postseason success, but at least they're showing signs that the Bulls are making strides in the right direction. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, I, I can see them drop to four or five C. That's reasonable, mm. reasonable. Yeah. You know? I, I do think eventually they'll be a good team. Eventually, yeah. Uh, and we do need guys come back. You know, Ball and Caruso hurry mm-hmm. up coming out. I do. They will play against Miami tomorrow on yeah. the road. I believe on the road, Bam and Jimmy. But Calories out. Tired. Tyra Hero, who's a six-man candidate, is playing well, much better than last season. Yeah, I, he's he's such a Justin Timberlake wanna be. Mm. <laughs> I, 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 I was about to call him Justin Timberlake. He does look kind of look like Justin Timberlake. I don't know, maybe just me, but yeah, yeah. And, and you have to watch out. Uh, Duncan Robinson, who kind of reminds me of that one guy from that one movie. What's that one? Oh, guy? um, all I know, he looks like Duncan Robinson. Does look like um Sheen from uh. Jimmy Neutron. I know people on Twitter like to compare him to Sheen from Jimmy Neutron. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think there's another dude. What that one movie? Oh man. Wow. It's slipping. I, I can't remember the name of the movie. If I remember, I'll, I'll DM you on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> some some like like a nerd type of in the movie. Yeah. Oh man, I can't remember the name of the movie. I used to know it. But anyways, just watch out for him. Of course, you gotta watch out for Bam. I I, I you know what. We were talking about yesterday, Memphis. I feel that Billy should put Thompson with Fooch because to match up those two bigs with Jackson and Stephen Adams. That's another yeah. mistake, by the way. You know, I feel like that definitely could have helped more than it hurt. But yeah, again, at but, least at least they were showing something. That so yeah, definitely, definitely. And Bam, of course, Bam, who's been awesome for them. You know, come back for the injury or anything like that. I I do not want to see a scrub beat us like last like the first time we played against Gabe Vincent. He's yeah. gonna hit the open three. Uh uh-uh. uh. No, I don't want to nope. see no 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 Gabe either. Vincent. Nope. <laughs> no, or Dead Man who was who beat who looked like Shaq from the second meeting, but when it, almost everyone was out with the injury or COVID. Yeah. Uh, that that game shouldn't have happened. To be honest with you, I didn't tell a Heat fan that the game shouldn't have happened. Yeah. <laughs> that should be postponed. That's the NBA handled poorly. That that's <laughs> that's it. But what do you think? Who's the Bulls' better matchup in the first round? I'm gonna be honest. I don't th- think there's a more favorable matchup for the Bulls. I mean, because mm-hmm. let's see, you want to avoid a, like you want to avoid Embiid at all costs. You just right. you just don't want to have to deal with Embiid. You don't want to deal with Giannis at all costs. So those are the two like guys that you just don't you can't match up against those guys. In a situation like that, you gotta let those guys get their 35, 40 points and just clamp everyone else because they're gonna get their points. So you better hope. That Caruso, Lonzo, these guys can can make it work defensively on everyone else because there's not going to be much you're going to be able to do against those guys. Definitely. Then against a, a team like the Nets, again we haven't seen the Nets with Ben Simmons yet, so it's it's hard for me to make like to to realize what this team is going to look like in the playoffs. So it's hard to say with them. The Heat are going to be tough because the Heat are a really scrappy defensive team, kind of like the Bull, like the Bulls when they're healthy are too. Right. 
it's just going to be tough to get like just to get deep in this playoffs because there's just so many good teams that are just ready to make it work and we we're going to we're going to see some our depth is going to be tested in a playoff series. Oh yeah. Definitely. I mean that this is why we need everyone back healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, Ball and and Caruso basically and Patrick Williams will be a bonus. We need everyone healthy. Ready to go come playoff time, whoever we match up. I mean, of course, like you like you said, we need the Floyd Philadelphia in the first round. We need the Floyd Miami in the first round. We need the Floyd yep. Bucks in the first round. If, if, I, if I want a bigger choose, I'll choose the Charlotte Hornets. <laughs> yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> in the in the perfect world, but I don't know if Charlotte won today or not. I know they play against the Pistons. Um, so you know, I don't know if they won today, but but to play against Charlotte, you got to get the one seed. Charlotte got to get the eight seed at the yeah, fair. and that's that's gonna be tough to to yeah. make make up that ground. Yeah, in Brooklyn, like you mentioned, we we haven't seen Ben Simmons. I mean, after all, Ben Simmons may pass up the ball when the you stole as short as. And but they, regardless, Brooklyn need Kevin Durant healthy. I agree. Than, yep, they need Kevin Durant healthy more than anything if they want to go deep in the playoffs. Yep, I agree. That's that's the ball that's the ball line. So um so there's that. Um if I have to pick and I'm not saying they're easier, which they're not, it's probably maybe Cleveland. They're not easy, but yeah, there's but, like it's just looking at it, like this is like the first time in a while that the East is just really deep with good teams. Yeah, like in the past, like it's always like oh the East is just garbage. Whoever comes out of the east is gonna get blown out by the by whoever comes out of the west. And it just seems like this year it's kind of the opposite. It seems like there's a ton of good teams in the East who could really compete in a championship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Eastern Conference has been, it's like the wheel of term, because, you know, over the years it used to be the Western Conference. Yep. The Western mm-hmm. Conference. And don't get me wrong, Western Conference, there's still be some good teams. There's some yep. good, you know. You know, but Eastern Conference, it's just like wild this year. You know, searching with the one seed, you know, you got Brooklyn as the one seed not that long ago. And then you got the Bulls, you got the Heat, which now they're in the number one seed as of right now. And now 76ers are climbing up. And they're not far together. We look at their state, I look at the standings. And Cleveland, which is one, we talk about the Bulls are, they're the, they're the surprise team, which they are. Cleveland yep. is the prize team as well. I oh, mean, for sure. And, you know, props to Cleveland, the Cleveland Cavaliers, you know. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, they deal with some injuries, you know, uh, with especially their backup, Colin Saxton, who's out for the season. They mm-hmm. did, and Becky Wilby, who was got hurt, they did trade him for Chris LeVert, which is a good trade for yeah. Cleveland Cavaliers. Props to them. Gar- and Darius Garland. I remember I want the Bulls to draft him, by the way. Mm-hmm. Darius Garland. Really? Yeah, I want to draft him because I thought he was fit in terms of this today's NBA modern day, where you need a point guard who can shoot the ball. Yeah. You know, you know, and of course Cleveland pick him up and he's playing his best basketball this season, playing like an all basically like an all-star, you know? Yeah. Um but you know, when they with you know now with Cleveland got their base, you know, I mean, come on, they start Cherry Chat. I mean Cherry Chat. Wow, wow, what did I say Cherry Chat? Cherry Cherry Allen. Uh, Mobley, who was tremendous this year, his rookie season, and you, you got they start Lauren Marketing at the three, which is which bizarre. is weird, it's weird. bizarre, and biz- which is not an idea long term. Uh, but they're still doing good this season. 
Now, Cleveland, if it's, if Bulls meet Cleveland in the first round, it will be a war. But Oh, it's going to be a good series. I would love to watch that. Yeah, definitely. But we do need Ball and Caruso in this one to go defend Levert and Garland. And we need Thompson and you know to back up and, and maybe Patrick Williams to match up with the Cleveland's bigs. Don't forget Kevin Love will be searching his career. Uh, yeah. Oh, like yeah. Book career playing off the bench. Off the mm-hmm. bench. Absolutely. So I, if I had to pick, I'd pick Cleveland. But it, it will be a tough series, no doubt. Absolutely, for sure. You know, them or – or maybe maybe Toronto, but Toronto. <laughs> Toronto, I, I don't. I'm not. That's the one team that doesn't move me at all. I think we could beat Toronto, no problem. Yeah, Toronto. I I probably probably Toronto might be. I don't want to say easier because I don't want to jinx it. Yeah, <laughs> you know, but they they do have some. They're, they're very athletic. That team is very athletic, and they're, that's the thing. They're, yep. Mm-hmm. Their long arms. I mean, you got Scott. I mean, Scott. Right, I see Scott. Patterson, no. Houston Patterson, whatever his name is. Uh, yeah. That uh, Patterson, and of course you got Fred Fred Flintstone. I like to call him Fred Flintstone. <laughs> Fred I Flintstone. <laughs> I like to call him Fred Flintstone. So Fred <laughs> Flintstone, and you got of course you got Sackerman and old. I don't know. OG's out. Is he out? OG Anobi. I don't know if he's been playing a lot. I know he was injured earlier, but yeah, I'm not sure yeah. if he's playing right now. Yeah, and they're scrap. Toronto work. They are scrappy. They are yep. scrappy. They're all scrap. They're all scrap. They're all fight hard. Nick Nurse is a good coach, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so you know, maybe Toronto might be the little easier path, but they will fight. They will scrap. They will scrap. They won't back down. And there's no doubt about it. So Toronto or Cleveland, Cleveland probably will be a fun series, uh, good series. So it's that's the part where I will probably pick Cleveland or mm. or. Um, or Toronto. I mean, in in the perfect world, Charlotte. Yeah, <laughs> in the Charlotte. Give me Charlotte. Charlotte. Ball first, a ball in the first round. Give me that. The <laughs> <laughs> simple as that. So yeah. So we'll, we'll we'll see. What when Bulls make the playoffs? I know you said mention about keep the expectation low in the playoffs. What's your expectation regarding the Bulls play? I know it's hard to detect detectives.